<laughs> okay, let's have someone read verse 15 then. True or false? True. Absolutely true. Why are we having so much problems in our world today? Right, because the rod of correction has not been applied to the seat. The seat of what? <laughs> the seat of understanding. That is so true. You know, uh, and I, I heard someone on a uh, on a pro- program this week uh, made a statement that if uh, the parents had disciplined their children the way they were supposed to, then we won't have such problems in our society today uh, in terms of criminality. Uh, and, and all that we see going on. And so the verse uh, testifies to that fact. To discipline a child produces wisdom, and mothers won't have heartaches. You know how many mothers spend so much pointless time around the courthouse? Because their children are in trouble with the law, and it's only it's always the mothers who go. Never the fathers, you never define them. But it's always the mothers, and that's why he talks about the mother here, not the father. Because the mother is the one who is impacted more than anybody else when a child goes astray. There are two types of parental discipline that produces wisdom. One, the rod. And two, rebuke or verbal correction. And uh, this proverb completely contradicts what many modern so-called experts say, that corporal punishment inhibits or distorts the child's personality. That's the smarty pants guys who say that. Okay? They know so much. They said, you can't, you can't, you can't discipline the child, you can't beat the child because it's going to warp, it's going to twist their personality. Well, when they get involved in crime, what happened to their personality? Okay, it's twisted by something else, doesn't it? It's twisted by something else. And some parents who have small children often get tired of disciplining them because they feel that all, all they do is harass and yell and penalize. But guess what? It pays off in the long run. It pays off in the long run. So here's an application then that we can use for verse 15. Whenever there's temptation to give up and let your children do whatever whatever they want because of the fear of ruining any chances of having a loving relationship with them, which is what some people do. Remember that kind, hard correction helps them learn, which makes them wise. Constant loving discipline will eventually teach them how to be self-disciplined. Get that? So the more we discipline them, the more they're going to learn how to discipline themselves. In other words, how to control themselves whenever they get into a situation or an environment where they have a tendency to, to behave out of control and undisciplined to the point where they could get themselves into some, some real serious trouble and end up on the other side of the law. Okay, that's why it's so important. And I, I'm sure that no parent wants their children to be involved in crime or to get locked up like animals. You know, only animals are supposed to be locked up. I mean, even some animals are even supposed to be locked up. Okay? 
But um, it's not for man. Uh, those who behave in a certain way, you got to lock them up because they act like animals. All right, so you got to put them in a cage. Okay, verse 16. When the wicked are in authority, sin now we've seen this verse over and over again in the Proverbs and you know that whenever something is repeated it means that you know it's important and it's it's being stressed it's being reiterated it's called repetition and the reason for that is we want to get the point we want to get the message across clearly when the wicked are in authority sin flourishes so who do you blame when sin is out of control who do you blame? The Who? Leaders. Leaders. Period. It doesn't say wicked leaders. It says wicked leaders. When wicked leaders have authority, sin flourishes. So whenever sin is rampant, then the blame is laid squarely at the feet of wicked leaders or those in authority who are wicked. But, notice what the verse goes on to say. The godly will live to say it serves them right. In other words, God says, you know, you're going you're gonna to get the satisfaction. You're going to get the satisfaction. The, the crime rate gets higher and higher and higher when the wicked are in authority and grow in numbers and in power. And that's why, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to pray for our leaders. Whether you like them or not, whether you voted for them or not, the Bible says pray for them. And there's a catch to that, so that you may live peacefully in the land. You get the benefit of praying for the leaders. Because when you pray for them, you're praying for stability, and you're praying that you can have some kind of peace. That you don't have to be caged up in your house like an animal behind bars. Okay? All of us get... Most people have bars in their house. So they, they're caged up. Okay? And it's become it's become tragic in some circumstances. You know, we've heard stories where the, there was a fire and the people couldn't get up because of the burglar bars. Okay? So it could end in tragedy. And all because of the fear of crime and violence. And so the, the godly will live long enough to see the downfall of wicked leaders. It won't last forever. Okay, you're going to be around to be able to see your prayer answered in terms of the fall of wicked leaders. Sin succeeds in any organization, whether it's a church, a business, a family, or a government, when the wicked are in control because the climate comes from the top, from the top down. And that's why the leaders are always responsible, okay, because the people follow leadership. People follow the government, whatever the government does, people follow. People have a tendency to become like those who lead them. They are setting the right, are you setting the right climate for people who are watching you, following you, or for people that you're leading? Are you setting the right climate? That's a question that each of us must ask and answer within ourselves. There are always people watching us. There are always people following you. You may not know it. You may not be aware of it. But somebody is watching your life and seeing how you live your life. And uh, they're following you. And you'll never know until you 
bring that person to the point of total devastation in terms of disappointment. And they may, they may have the courage to come to you and say to you face to face, you disappointed me. They may do that. They may not. But you will affect individuals in the way you live. I remember one time I made a decision uh, to give up or resign from something. And someone came to me and said, I'm disappointed. I was watching you. I had no clue. No clue. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. But somebody was watching. People are always watching. And so the question is, are you setting the right climate for the people who are who you're leading or who are following you or watching you for an example? You know, sometimes people read the scriptures and they see uh, a certain thing in the scriptures and it reminds them of somebody else that they know. And they say to themselves, boy, that person's living exactly with the word of God saying here. And so you want to follow that person because they seem to be going in the right direction. But if that person messes up, how's it going to affect you? Okay? And so it's very, very important that we understand that the climate comes from the top. Verse 17. There's that voice again about how to treat you, how to, how to discipline your child. Over and over and over again. He would not let us forget it. Because it's important. He says, discipline your child for your own peace of mind. For your own peace of mind. You get that? So that you can have a happy heart. A glad heart means a happy heart. Not a heart filled with sorrow. When disciplined correctly, a child will bring his parents peace of mind and gladness instead of fretfulness and sorrow. You know how many parents are fretting right now because they don't know what their children are up to? And all because they made the wrong decision of not disciplining them earlier in their lives. And now they spend all their time fretting. And when the child messes up, sorrow for the person who he inflicted some um, problems on. And so again, over and over again, uh, Proverbs reminds us and continues to harp on this point of disciplining our children correctly and properly so that we can benefit and have a peace. You know, some people age more because of the problems that they get from their children. Some people go, some parents go to an early grave because of the problems that children give them. And so he says, listen, you want to have peace? You want to have a happy heart? You want to you want to you want to refrain from having a broken heart? You know, many parents today have broken hearts. I I don't get wrong. So, did you ever watch Superman? Yeah. I think I watched it one time. She she has a lot of the answers for what this is saying. She disciplines and teaches the parents to discipline, and parents have got their children running around like animals. And if you watch that program and watch it consistently, it'll teach you a lot. I probably come from one's a Christian because I've heard her say some Christian things. Uh-huh. I don't know if she is or not, but does she talk about the same thing? That's why they turn her back. There's no discipline. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then it wrecks the home. The father and mother start fighting with each other. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because see, one child, one parent is going to favor the child, and the other parent is going to not. So it's going to bring, it's going to bring friction in the home. You know, we get there. Sometimes you have parents who do not like the discipline, 
and there are those who do. So you got two parents in the home. One prefers, you know, we're going to spank this child when he's just being embarrassed. No, 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 you don't get you don't get spank my child. I mean, it's, the child belongs to do them. Yeah. But one saying, and it's preferably the mother, you don't get spank my child. But sometimes it's the father too, you know, because um, my wife had a situation at school one day where um, a mother came and said that the, uh, her husband don't like the child being being spanked. Okay, and uh, and so they they have a, a rule in the school where children are disciplined. They are tapped. They call it tapping when children misbehave because they're strong. And so the little girl learned this, and so she runs around the house tapping everything. When, they, when somebody do something wrong, they tap this boy. So you doesn't mean child. And so the parents get upset. The mother came in, 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 to the school hollering and screaming and carrying on. But, you know, the, her children is being uh, abused. Her child is being abused. Uh, but the child is learning that when you do something wrong, you get disciplined for it. And she's learned that to the point where she's demonstrating that in the home. So when mommy do something wrong, she tap mommy. When daddy do something wrong, she tap daddy. And it's working on mommy and daddy conscience. And they can't take it no more. And so they got to go to the school and harass the, 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 the school administration. So it, it, it works. It works. Uh, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. So Brenda, read that in your version. <laughs> now, don't we see that happening right now? That's happening right now. People are running wild, right? Yeah. People are going crazy. You know, when we hear the news and see here some of the things that are going on, Bible says when people do not accept divine guidance, in other words, when they don't listen to God, when they don't abide by what the Word of God says. You know, there are a lot of people in our country who, who, can, who can quote Scripture to you. You know, I ran into a drunken man one day and he quoted Scripture and he was dead drunk. I could have smelled a liquor boy before I saw who, who, who it was coming from. But he was quoting Scripture. And a lot of people quote, you know, he said, and he could have, I could hardly understand what he is saying for his slurred speech. But he quoted the Scripture correctly. You know, and so there are a lot of people who know what the scripture says. And that's why the proverb says, when people do not accept divine guidance, it means that they know it. They know it. They just refuse to accept it. He says, when they do that, they run wild. And so here it is, we have the answer to why people are running wild. They're running wild and they're doing some wild things because they don't accept divine guidance. They don't accept what God's word says. But whoever obeys the law is what? You got peace of mind. You have joy and happiness. Because you know that you're not doing anything wrong, so your conscience is not working on you. See, whenever you're doing something wrong, your conscience is going to beat you to death. You're never going to have no joy. You're never going to have no peace. And what a glory says in our path. Exactly. And that's true. That's absolutely true. Prophetic revelation or the word of God is what is meant here by divine guidance. The point is that the people run wild when God's word is not acknowledged or respected. It doesn't say they don't know it. Okay? They don't acknowledge. To acknowledge this, yes, Lord, we understand what you're saying. To expect it means, yes, Lord, we're going to respect, we're going to do what you say. And so the truly blessed are those who obey the word of God. 
So here's an application we can take for verse 18 then. Crime and sin always run rampant wherever God's word, wherever God is ignored or rejected. True or false? Absolutely true. We see it all the time. Wherever you see crime and sin, you can guarantee that God is being ignored and rejected wherever that is. The knowledge of God and keeping his laws determines public morality. Notice, the knowledge of God and the keeping of God's word determines public morality. It's essential for people to know God's ways and keep his rules in order for nations and individuals to function absolutely well. You're never going to have a nation that functions well where they don't keep God's laws and they don't expect God's laws and God's rules. It means absolutely nothing to have God's word if you're not obeying it. It doesn't mean anything. You see, that's the problem the children of Israel had. They went around bragging and boasting that God gave us the word. You know, we've got the word. But guess what? They were not obeying the word. And that's the problem that they were condemned for over and over again. When Jesus came, the religious leaders were in heat over some of the things that Jesus said to them because he was saying to them over and over again in many, many ways, listen, you have the word, but you're not obeying the word. And that made them angry to the point where they pick up stones. They thought some of them must be behaving like pick up rocks to throw at people. They pick up stones to stone him because he was cutting them to the heart. What he was saying is absolutely true. Verse 19. Boy, how true that is. Words alone will not discipline a servant. And so here we have the description of a worker with a stubborn, pig-headed attitude. That's what he's talking about. A worker who would not listen to what the boss says. Even though they may understand the boss's instructions, they don't always carry them out. Or they are not showing the kind of respect that they, they should show. Uh, for them, verbal instructions are not always enough. All they do is remain quiet and gloomy. I mean, they hear what the boss says, but they're not going to say anything. Jesus said, in Luke 6, 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do? Same thing with the, with the boss. Why are you calling me boss man, and you're not doing what the boss says? Same thing Jesus is saying here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? That's for people who are working for somebody. And they may not like the way the person's uh, uh, management skills are, and so they don't do what they want to do. Well, take Jesus' words. They're not really your boss if you're not doing what they tell you to do. So guess what? You probably need another job. You probably need to get fired. That's 6.46? yeah. Verse 20. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks the unthinking. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So we learn, what do we learn here? That a person who talks before he thinks is, is more hopeless than a fool. Remember, we, we, we often run into people who, they say something and you say, and your response is, I wonder if he thought about what he said before he said it. That's what the kind of people he's talking about. Uh, people like Peter, who was always putting his foot in his mouth. You know that kind of people? That's the kind of people he's talking about here. He says, more hope for a fool for that, than for that kind of person. So what does that teach us? Think before you speak. Because whatever you say, the wind and blow it away. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. Okay, so here's another good sound advice from Proverbs. Verse 21. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have to become his son at the next. Okay, so Sister Brenda, what did your version say? A servant comes from childhood. Ah. So here again, we have the other end of the pendulum. Okay, you pamper a child too much, or the, the, the word here could be spoiled, is the word we use, right? You spoil a child and they become just as bad as a person who doesn't get any discipline at all. Okay, notice from a servant pampered from childhood becomes a, what is a rebel? Terrible person. A criminal, right? Someone who's always rebelling. The word rebel means rebel. Okay, someone who's always rebelling. They don't never want to do what, they, what they're told to do or asked to do or instructed to do. Uh, too much familiarity in employee-employer relationship often breeds disrespect. And so this has an application to employee-employer uh, relationship. Okay, uh, too much familiarity. In other words, if the boss gets too friendly with an individual or an employee, the employee will lose respect for the employer and they will not necessarily respect them to the point where they will do what they're supposed to do in terms of what their job tells them that they ought to do. Okay, so here again we have another application with regards to employer-employee relationship from the Proverbs. Verse 22. An angry person starts Boy, do we see that often? We may not see it often, but we hear about it. Whenever we hear about crimes, uh, two women got in a fight uh, this past week and one stabbed the other one in the head, more than likely it came from a situation or scenario like this. Okay, two men were on a porch, uh, uh, conversating, they got in an argument, one man pulled out a gun and shot the other one, and there was a gunfight, and the two of them got shot, one, two went to the hospital, one died. And it turns out that the one who shot the other one uh, was involved in the murder of the person who he shot relative. And so it goes on and on and on and on. Okay, on and on and on. All right, um, an angry person starts fights. Whenever you run or you come into a situation of an angry person, get out of there. It's time to get out of Dodge. Because some bullets may fly and some things may be thrown what they call the missiles, and you may get caught in the crossfire. Okay, the best thing you can do is get out of there. Because the Proverbs, the Bible says, an angry person starts fights. In other words, it's, it's common, it's a natural thing. It's an, it's an ordinary thing for a, for, for, for an angry person to do. Okay, lack of self-control. It says a hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. An angry person starts fights, but a person who's got a bad temper, 
Boy, they're just like a bomb ready to explode. The angry person starts all kinds of trouble, and hot temper person commits a lot of sins. Many of us have met these persons at one particular time or another. And so you know how these persons behave. So you know that you don't want to get them angry or upset because you know what's going to happen. You know them. Okay, so that's a warning to stay away from certain kinds of people. It doesn't say try to calm them down. Does it say that? Does it say counsel them? Does it say talk to them? Does it say give them some advice? Doesn't say anything like that. It just tells you kind of person what they are. And so you come to the conclusion of what you need to do when you run into these kinds of people. Verse 23. Okay, it talks about proud people again. And uh, what happens to people who are stuffed up or built up with pride. Uh, they come to humiliation. In other words, they are embarrassed. They are disgraced. Okay, but a person who has humility, the person will always be lifted up or be, or, or be exalted or built up. One thing a proud person can be certain of is humiliation. Absolute certain of that. Any person who's proud can be absolutely certain that they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be humiliated because of their pride. They can be certain of that. There's no two ways about that. It's going to happen. Okay, it's not ifs, buts, or maybes. It will happen. The person who is elevated to a place of honor is the person who is humble. And they don't expect it. They don't anticipate it. They don't look for it. They don't ask for it. It just happens because of their humility. How they behave when it comes to pride. Verse 24. If you Boy, you know this happens a lot in our day and time. So according to this proverb, a thief's compliance, a, a, a thief's accomplice, a person who is his partner in crime, may not tell the truth when under oath or in a court of law. Okay? So you got a person who's involved in crime, they stole something from somebody. And uh, their partner in crime may not tell the truth when they go in the, when the witness stand in court. As a result, by this person's participation in the crime, his perjury in the courtroom will inflict punishment on him. Okay? And you have a lot of people who go on court and perjure themselves. Okay? They go on the witness stand and lie. And so that's why this proverb is saying, if you assist a thief, you only hurt yourself. Because the point is coming, the time is going to come when you're going to be called upon to tell the truth. And because you are a friend or a partner in crime, you're not going to tell the truth. That's your buddy. Why are you going to tell the truth on him and he's going to end up going to jail? Probably when he gets out of jail, he's coming looking for you. <laughs> okay, so obviously, uh, you're, going to, you're going to lie. You're going to go on the witness stand and lie. The best thing to do is not to become accomplice in the first place. Okay, that's the only way to avoid that. 
this is one of those situations where you're caught between what you call the proverbial rock and the hard place. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Okay? Verse 25. Okay. Giving into human pressure. And a lot of people are doing that today. They're giving into the pressure of, of, of peers or individuals. And so giving into human pressure, pressure by fearing people can cause committing evil or abstaining from doing what is right. In other words, because of a person putting pressure on someone, they may refuse to do what they know is supposed to be right. How many have gone to hell because they were afraid of what their friends would say if they trusted Christ publicly? That's serious. I shared something on Facebook yesterday for you all that are my Facebook friends, a statement by Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. Did you see what he said? No, I haven't checked my Facebook uh, no, recently. Top person in football, an announcer, used to criticize him for always standing up for Lord Jesus Christ and always mentioning him. Mm. And Tebow asked him in a very gracious way, he said, when you fell in love with your wife, did you tell him you loved her? Of course you did. Did you tell her you love her every day? That's what I do with my Lord. I love him every day. And I intend to share it wherever I go. Amen. For medium my cat. I intend to let him know I love him. Do you only tell your wife once that you love her the day you marry and never tell her again? You're in no, trouble if you do that. Huh? You're in trouble if you do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was a good point. If you get a doghouse, you'll end up there. And if you don't have none, you're in trouble. <laughs> but the point was, you know, you don't tell your wife just once you love her and that's an end. Mm -mm. No. Uh-uh. There's a difference. The difference. That changed, brother. <laughs> that changed. Okay, it goes on. We are. Notice what it says here. It said, the man who trusts in the Lord is, what? Safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Come with me. No matter what happens, whoever trusts in the Lord is always safe. Because as I often say, whatever comes to us, the person who trusts in the Lord, whatever comes to them, it has to go through the Father first. Remember, there were, there were situations people had when they, when they were standing up for somebody, and they said, boy, to get to him, you got to go through me first. And that person was humongous. I remember when I was in school, we had this, uh, this little fellow. There were two brothers. One was about that so high. And the other one was, he was like a giant. This guy had some huge muscles. And he must be, he had to, he must be used to lift weights or something. And the little brother, he always got in trouble. Because, you know, he had a big brother who would bail him out. And I remember uh, going to T.G. Glover. And uh, walking across Christie Park after school, and you could you could tell when that little boy got got himself in trouble, because there'd be what the crowd would be walking behind somebody, and the little fellow would be walking behind that person, taunting them. Yeah, you 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 mind you touch me, and the big brother would be walking behind. You know, and you touch the little fellow, the the big guy would grab you by one arm and he'd sling you around and. And he'd wipe you. But God has got it the same way. God says, to get to my children, you got to go through me first. 
Whatever we go through is father filtered. And that's why we shouldn't get upset when things happen to us that are not too pleasant. Because God allows it to happen. And he reminds us in the word that all things work together for good. In other words, there's some good, I have some good things planned in this bad situation that you're going through. Just, just give me a chance. Give me an opportunity to show you what I've got in store for you. And so who trusts in the Lord? The person who trusts in the Lord is safe, come what may, no matter what happens. Everything we try to do is hindered by the fear of people. Isn't that so? All of the decisions that we make in our lives, there is some degree of fear in it because of what people may think, what people may say, or how people may look at us. Okay, we have a tendency to govern our lives by, by what other people think or say. Taken to the extremes, it can make you afraid of leaving your own home. On the other hand, fearing God through respect, reverence, and trust is always liberating. Always liberating. Are we going to liberate ourselves right now because our time is gone? Okay, so we can stop right there. And pick up Lord William and we come back. Uh, so we'll pick up at verse... So let me give you the application of verse 18 before we go. Instead of fearing people who can do no eternal harm, trust God who can turn the harm intended by others into good for those who trust Him. Remember that. Let's pray. Father, we thank You and praise You for Your goodness to us today and for the, the precious nuggets of Your Word, good advice, wise counsel, to govern our lives in a way that you can be glorified. We pray, Lord, as we leave here now, we pray that we will go with your blessed benediction. And we pray for the service to follow and all those who will be participating. For we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. 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 The Lord bless you as you go.